What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, it's Monique. Welcome back to the podcast or welcome if this is your first time tuning in. This is the Brown Vegan Podcast, episode 173. And with this show, I love to present veganism from a practical perspective to help everyday people go vegan in a way that feels good to them. I also love to share overall wellness topics. We get into mental health sometimes and money too. And I love to talk about entrepreneurship and vegan businesses because of course this is truly a lifestyle. It's so much more than food. So this show brings all of that together for you. Be sure to come hang out with me on Instagram, hang out with me on YouTube. I'm back on YouTube officially, which is amazing. I'm Brown Vegan on both of those platforms. So yes, I hope you're having an amazing day as always. Um, thank you so, so much for coming in and supporting the show and listening and sharing and all of those good things. So I am feeling kind of tired, but also like energized because I actually just came back from Chicago hanging out with plant-based Tamika. If you don't know her, you better know her. You got to get to know her. I'll link her page, which is plant-based Tamika on the blog post for this episode. But anyway, I was out there because she is somebody that I've connected to because of this podcast. And I, I just love her and I wanted to meet her in person. So I went out to support her as she hosted this boat party. And we had an amazing time, y'all. Like I just laughed and laughed and laughed the whole time and just really got to know her and her mom is Sadie. Just just incredible. Just a good, good change of scenery, good energy and everything. It was one of those things that I really needed. And I'm so glad that I didn't talk myself out of going to the strip, going on the strip, because sometimes I do that. Well, shit. A lot of times I do that, to be honest, like I can talk myself out of things. And so I wanted to show up and I had a great time and so glad that I did. And yeah, just feeling really energized about this new month. We're going into June. I can't believe it. This man, this year is going really fast, but I feel like all of so many good things are coming out of it. And I'm thankful for that. So yeah, I just hope that you are feeling well too. I have a workshop that I'm going to be talking about later in June. So make sure that you're on my email list so that you can learn more about it. My email list is brownveganvip, V as in Victor, I, P as in Paul, 
vegan.com. When you sign up for the email list, you'll also get a vegan starter kit, which is perfect if you are not a vegan, you're vegan curious. But I'm definitely going to be working on a work, having a workshop later in June. So sign up for the email list so that you can learn more about it. And like I said, just came back with some creative energy, really feeling inspired and looking forward to just continuing to share and love on y'all as y'all love on me. So yes, in this episode of the show, I am hanging out with Ashley. You guys probably know her as Raw and Radiant on Instagram, TikTok, and I believe that's her website. If not, I'll link that in the blog post for you as well. But Ashley has been a raw vegan for over 10 years, and we connected on social media so many years ago, actually before she had her daughter, who is five years old now. So we, or is she just turning six? Anyway, she's in that age range, uh, the school age range. And in our conversation, we talk about how Ashley was able to lose over 127 pounds as a raw vegan, what a day of raw meals looks like, how she's able to save on produce, putting meals together, and also how to like, you know, combine your meals so that you have the best digestion and just, you just feel good. So we talk about all of that. And this was a really helpful conversation, even as someone who's been a vegan for a long time, it really inspired and helped me. I actually, as soon as I got off the phone, when we recorded this interview, I bought a new juicer. I've had a Breville juicer for so many years. It's not the best, you know, I don't hate it. I think it's a good starter juicer, but if you're someone who is serious about just getting more raw fruits and vegetables into your life. I think juicing is the way to go when it comes to that. And smoothies, of course. I went out after that, not went out, but I ordered it online and bought a new juicer. It's actually the juicer that she recommended. It's a cold press juicer. I am in love. Oh oh my God, I'm going to link it. It's a J2 juicer for Nama. Absolutely in love with this juicer. I cannot get enough of it. And it's just it's just an amazing way to, you know, like I said, get the nutrients into your body. Even if you decide that veganism necess- isn't necessarily for you, like we talked about in this conversation, it's just so important to just eat more fruits and vegetables overall. Like as a country, we just don't do that as Americans, you know? So I think that you will really enjoy all of the tips that Ashley shares in this episode. Be sure to go follow her on Instagram. Her page is Raw and Ray. She also has some ebooks that are linked in her bio. I'll also link them on the blog post for you as well to make it easy for you to click through. So, yes, I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. As always, thank you so much for all of your support. And if you're enjoying the show, be sure to rate it on Apple Podcasts by searching Brown Vegan, scrolling down, tapping five stars and leaving me a review and letting me know that you love this episode and other episodes as well. So, yes, without further ado, y'all, let's go ahead and jump right into the conversation. I kind of fell into the lifestyle. It was kind of an accident. My sister, my oldest sister, she was getting married. This was about 10 years ago. She had announced that she was engaged and she's the oldest. So it was like the first time in our family that there was a wedding in a long time. And I was really overweight at the time. And then my first thought was, I really need to lose some weight. Like that's where it can all start. I really need to lose some weight. And how do I go about this? Well, the first thing that I did was that I went to the doctor because I was, I was obese. I was 253 pounds and I'm five, three. So I was really, really overweight. And the doctor was like, not only are you obese, but you're pre-diabetic as well. So what we want to do is put you on Fentramine, give you B12 shots, do all of these things. And Fentramine is a weight loss drug. So Mm -hmm. I, it didn't, it didn't really, you know, fit right into my, you know, 
like it didn't feel right to me. So I just, you know, declined all of that and decided to go about it my own way. I, I worked at a library at the time. So I just started doing a lot of research on nutrition, weight loss, and, you know, looking at all these weight loss books and, you know, asking myself like, you know, which way would work best for me, you know? So I came across some nutrition books and they were talking about vegetarianism and veganism and it started to kind of make sense to me. So I continued to do a little bit of research over, you know, the next couple of weeks. And I came across something called raw veganism. And I was like, wow, this really makes sense. Not only am I going to eat plant-based and eat from the earth and eat all of these good phytonutrients, but I'm going to do it in its natural form. So April 1st, 2012, I was like, I'm just going to try 30 days of this. And, you know, by day 27, I said I was never going back to eating meat or dairy again. And that's just how I kind of fell into lifestyle. And here I am today, 10 years later, a raw vegan. (laughs) Wow. Ashley, I didn't realize that you've been raw this whole time. So you went from eating a standard American diet to raw? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A lot of people ask about that, but I did not have any vegan in between there at all. I literally went straight from a standard American diet to a raw vegan diet. Wow. So I know, uh, how much did you lose overall at that time? Because I remember when I first discovered you, you, it was years ago. And I think you had just probably was like a year or two in, right? I would think. Yeah. So Uh my first year, I lost 127 pounds. Goodness. Gracious. (laughs) I'm about to say that like, okay, there's so much to unpack here. First, I want to know, like, what did you eat when you first started? Like, what did that look like? Because to me, that just sounds really, really huge to go from, like I said, probably eating cheeseburgers to eating uh, wraps, raw wraps and drinking smoothies and salads and things like that. So I know that you had that motivation because of the wedding and everything and just everything else going on. But Like, what did that look like? How did you just make that transition? Did you feel hungry? Like, what do you want to share about that part? Because that is huge. Yeah, those first 30 days, they were amazing. But I, yeah, the day before, going back to what you said, yeah, I was eating chicken, like literally March 31st, 2012. And then I was only going to do it for 30 days. And I think that's what really helped me because I was like, this is only for 30 days. I can do anything for 30 days. And that's what I kept as motivation. And I saw a lot of people online at the time. It was 2012. So there wasn't too, too much on Instagram or anything like that. But just going through blogs, there was a lot of stories of people who changed, completely changed their health in 30 days of going raw. I saw pictures of people before 30 days raw and after 30 days raw. And I was like, you know, what do I have to lose? I'm going to try it. I can do it for 30 days. But to answer your question, the 30 days it was actually really, it wasn't as hard as most people would think it would be, you know what I mean? Just because I had so much motivation, I guess. And I was really just kind of looking towards the end of the 30 days and I would wake up and I would eat a lot of fruit. I lived with my parents at the time. I was, you know, 21 years old and I lived with my parents. And I remember telling them like, if, you know, if you go to the grocery store, get me a lot of fruit. I need a lot of fruit. And then they would come back with little bits of fruit. And I was like, no, this is not enough. And so I started at that time, <laughs> I started grocery shopping for myself, you know, at age 21. But mornings would look like a lot of fruit, mono meals of fruit. So it'd be, I remember eating grapefruit a lot. I remember making big salads, smoothies, juices. I was trying raw recipes like cashew cheese over zucchini noodles. I did. I remember my first raw meal, actually, and it was a mango avocado salad that I tried. I found the recipe online and I, you know, made that. And I just really did a lot of grapefruit because at the time I really liked grapefruit. That was one of the fruit that I did like before I was raw vegan. So I ate a lot of that and I just ate a lot of salads and 
just did that every day. Did a lot of raw spaghettis. So I remember trying to make tomato sauce in my little Oster blender at the time <laughs> and, you know, making zucchini noodles and things like that. But it was, it was really a great 30 days. And as the 30 days, you know, progressed, I started feeling so much better. You know, like I had back pain. I was like 21 years old and I worked at the library and I used to like restock the books and I, you know, had back pain doing that. And it went away, you know, like day 20, I was like, wow, that's cool. You know, like I was losing weight. And it just went away. And those first 30 days really shaped, you know, the next 10 years of my life. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. So I need to know too, how did you grow up eating? Because I know that you said your parents were helping you out. They would get the fruit and everything for you. But how did that look as far as your childhood? Was it like the standard American diet type thing? How did that look? Absolutely. So my dad is like a Chinese Jamaican (laughs) and my mom is an African-American. She's from New York and, you know, her family was actually from down South. So I had a culmination of, you know, Caribbean foods, you have your rice and peas, your curry goat, you have, you know, your jerk chicken. My mom would make, you know, fried chicken, mashed potatoes, you know, the classic standard American soul food type of diet. My grandmother, she was an Asian woman and she would make pork, lots of pork. She was, you know, of, you know, Chinese and she'd make lots of pork. So a lot of meat, a lot of dairy, a lot of rice. My parents took me to fast food restaurants a lot at school. My mom, I was actually talking to somebody about this yesterday, but school lunches looked like this. My mom would make me a turkey sandwich with mayonnaise on it with white bread Cheetos, a fruit roll up, and maybe a piece of fruit. <laughs> so I grew up on a standard American diet. You know what I mean? There wasn't much emphasis on fruit and vegetables. Yes, I did have that, you know, a little bit here and there, but just as much as the average American does, not too much. Right. Unfortunately, right. A lot right. of us don't really eat enough. So, okay. You got to tell me like, what does this look like mentally for you though? So you, like you said, you lost a whole person. I feel like- right. Were you overweight most of your life or was it just that time of your life? Like, how did this look for you as far as your weight? Gotcha. That's a great question. I would say I was mildly, like maybe what you would call like slightly overweight growing up. I wasn't obese because I grew up playing a lot of sports. My parents always encouraged us to play sports. I played basketball, softball, soccer. Soccer was my big one. And I played that growing up. I played, I was actually recruited by college, colleges for soccer, you know, when I was a freshman in high school, you know, sophomore in high school. And so the weight that kind of kept the weight in check, I was still, you know, mildly overweight. I wasn't like, I would say completely healthy because I was still eating the standard American diet, but the constant movement kind of kept me from getting obese. So I meet my husband like in high school, freshman year of high school. He's my boyfriend then. And I leave high school. We graduate high school, go into college. I, I stop playing soccer. We keep going out on dates to eat. And then so between those, you know, couple of years, 17, 18 to 21, I wasn't playing any sports and I was eating a lot. So that's where a lot of the weight kind of went, kind of came on. So between those ages, college, you know, that's when the weight really, really picked up for sure. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah. So what did that do to you mentally to lose basically, like you said, another person when you lost that 127 pounds? Because I feel like that's a part of weight loss that people don't necessarily talk about what that looks like for you. I don't even know how to really pose the question. <laughs> I hope you understand what I'm trying to yeah, say. No, but- I exactly what you're trying to say. Okay, um, good, good, good. Yeah, no, it, it mentally, I guess... 
a lot of people talk about the weight loss because that's what they're physically able to see what happened to me in that year. But more so the effect on me mentally was a little bit different. It was the weight loss. Yes. But I was affected spiritually and mentally just because I was, you know, I, I guess the way to put it was my vibration was, was raising higher cause I was eating foods from the earth and it's natural state. And it was full of light, full of water. And I just felt so connected to the earth. So connected just mentally and spiritually. That was my biggest change internally, but the weight loss, it just felt so, everything felt so natural. I felt like I was doing this my entire life. It's, it was definitely like a part of my life calling to gain the weight, eat like this, to teach people how to incorporate more raw into their lifestyle was definitely a part of my life plan. I'm convinced of that, but I just, you know, I would look at myself and like, wow, like I'm losing this weight, you know, and it feels good. And but not only am I losing this weight physically, I'm, you know, getting mentally clear. I'm feeling more connected. I feel like my vibration is so much higher. I feel like I'm connecting to others. I feel much more loving. And that's what was noticed more for me in that time. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I know that's a part that people, we always like focus on the physical and it's great to be able to, you know, have clothes fit your body the way you want. But a lot of the transformation does happen mentally for that time. So you have to tell us, like, what is a day in the life look like for I mean, these days for you as far as what does a typical day of meals look like? Because I always want to know what raw vegans are eating, because my concern with raw veganism is that I will be hungry and I have to eat a ton. <laughs> I mean, in the beginning, you may have to eat a little bit more than you're used to, but your body really evens out. And the thing that a lot of people don't really understand is like, yeah, the calories may be lower, but the nutrient density is higher. So your body is getting more nutrients. So it's not going to feel as hungry. Whereas if you're eating a, a standard American diet or even a cooked vegan diet and it's less nutrients, your body's going to signal away. I need more. I need to get enough nutrients. I need to eat more. I just had a bread with some beyond meat, not a lot of nutrients in it. So, Hey, you need to get some fries because you're not full. Whereas mm. me as a raw vegan, I'm eating a huge bowl of arugula, mixed greens, hemp seeds, pistachios, you know, sunflower microgreens. And I'm eating all that. And yeah, it may look low calorie on paper, but the nutrient density is so high that I can eat that bowl and be super full because my body is satisfied from the nutrients that I got. It's like eating a big vitamin bowl. Yeah, it is. Here's the thing. I feel like a lot of people aren't interested in veganism overall, but definitely raw vegan, be, raw vegan eating because they're, they're kind of associating it with like a fad diet. Do you run into people who kind of look at it that way? Because the fact that you have been able to do, do, do this for 10 years is like a testimony. It's like, wow, that's so dope that you've been able to do it so long. So what do you have to say about two people who kind of approach it like it's a fad diet or they don't see how this can be a long-term lifestyle for them like you did? I would say most of that comes from people who haven't done their research or who haven't really been in the lifestyle long enough. Cause yeah, I've been raw vegan for 10 years, but there's people who've been raw vegan for 20, 30, 40 years. You know, it's, it's a lifestyle that we have actually gone away from a lot as, you know, as a species, but there are people who've been raw vegan for over 30 years. You know, it's not a fad diet. It's just now becoming more mainstream, I would say, but definitely not a fad diet to eat food that's naturally coming from the earth. You know what I mean? And to incorporate Absolutely. that more so than, you know, beyond meat, because we can say like things like that, that just came out like two, three 
years ago, that's really the fad diet because those are new things. But mangoes have been here, you know, before us, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, leafy greens, that, it's not a fad diet because it's a part of the earth and it's a part of what we're supposed to eat as a species. Love it. I love that. Yeah. Cause I mean, I just think about some of the stuff that I see online when people are like, Oh, like you said, they kind of go into it as a challenge and they don't really see it as a lifestyle. So it's amazing that that component has to be there. That research component has to be there so that people can see themselves doing this. So I love how you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah, People have been doing it for centuries, you know, like that's what the fruit is there for to feed us as a species. But we've gone so far away from that, that we have to question whether it's a fad diet, you know what I mean? But, but it's the most natural way for a human to eat for sure. Absolutely. So when you buy all of your produce, are you focused heavily on organics or like, how does that look for you? It really depends. I try to eat as much organic as possible for sure, but I would say I prioritize local more so than organic. Mm-hmm. And when I do make sure things that I do buy organic are things that are on the dirty dozen, like strawberries, celery, bell peppers, things that are heavily sprayed, I make sure I try to get those organic for sure, but not, I don't eat a hundred percent organic. I would say maybe around like 60, 70% organic. Right well, that's really good. That's a that's a good percentage. So where do you typically get your produce for? Do you go to like a just a local grocery store? But it sounds like you said you prefer local. So farmers market is what I'm getting. What do you what do you do right. for that? Yeah, like I said, I prioritize local just because nutrient density, like we were talking about earlier, and things that are local are always going to have more nutrient density just because it hasn't traveled so far or wasn't picked unripe, things like that. But summertime's here, here where I live in Charleston, South Carolina, farmers markets usually run from March to December. So March to December, I'm shopping for all of my greens, all of my bell peppers, cucumbers, things like that, farmer's markets. Things that I can't get at the farmer's markets, I will go to Costco, Whole Foods, a grocery store called Harris Teeter down here for things like Mm -hmm. pineapple, avocados, and things that I just can't get from the farmer's market. But most of my stuff is from my local farmers and farmer's market. And I shop with them two, three times a week. There's farmer's markets here Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday. So I usually go on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays to farmer's markets. Yeah. So I know, of course, because when you go to the farmer's market, you're going to save some money, just like going to Costco because you're buying in bulk. Do you have any other tips for people who are considering eating more raw, what they can do to save money on their grocery bill? Yeah, absolutely. So eat what's in season. Cause I, I run into this a lot with people that I coach and they're in, you know, November and they're trying to eat a model meal of watermelon, but that watermelon is going to be 12, $13 because it's not <laughs> in season. And it's the basics of supply and demand. You know, the more supply that we have, you know, the, you know, the cheaper it's going to be. So you have a lot of supply when things are in season. So right now we're in springtime. So we have lots of, you know, you know, cantaloupe here, lots of strawberries. So those are going to be cheaper. So try to stick with what's in season and, you know, your grocery bill will kind of, it'll be a little bit better. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, okay. When you grocery shop, cause I want to talk about the meal planning part of it. Right. And when you're grocery shopping and you are picking up all of your items, of course, in bulk, is it like a theme that you have? Do you typically just have wraps or salads, a lot of mono meals? Like what does that look like when you're actually planning the meals for you and your daughter each week? Gotcha. Well, for us, we, it's really just become a habit for me. Cause like I said, I've been doing this for 10 years and it may, I want to just, you know, state that it could, it's going to be a little bit different for someone who's just transitioning. But for me and my daughter and my husband, who we've been doing it for so long, it's, it's really simple. We eat simply. So I shop for, in my head, I'm like the first thing I think about, okay, what's in season? 
right now, get a lot of fruit, the fruit that's going to last me for these next two or three days. You know, I told you like I shop two, three times a week. So for instance, yesterday I was at the farmer's market and I was like, all right, we need fruit. So I was like, all right, let's get a, you know, a couple quarts of strawberries, a couple quarts of blackberries. There's cantaloupe out. Let me get some cantaloupe. And those are typically what I'm thinking are going to be first meals. Like when we wake up in the morning, for like, for instance, my daughter just had some oranges and I know those aren't in season, but they were <laughs> They are, they were on sale at Whole Foods and she wanted them and we got some oranges as well. And she just ate, you know, a mono meal of that. She had some pears and she had some strawberries and blackberries that we had at the farmer's market. So that was her first meal. And then usually for second meal or third meals, it's always, like I said, that big nutrient dense green salads. We're doing green juices. So I'm always thinking, Hey, like, what can I have to juice? So farmer's market, I'll get some celery. I'll get some kale. I'll get some arugula, spinach, things like that. And that'll all be set aside for juicing or for making smoothies and for salads, whatever I kind of use it for. Like when we hop off of this, I have greens that I bought yesterday that I will, you know, go straight and juice and then have a monomale of fruit. And then wraps, we'll do lots of collard wraps, nori wraps, raw vegan pastas, things like that. So like zucchini noodles and we'll make, me and Layla will experiment with sauces in the Vitamix. We'll do like pistachios and garlic and add some spices to it, add some tomatoes to it and put it over our zucchini noodles. And we'll just experiment and, you know, make those things. But I'll say staples are fruit meals, big, large leafy green salads with sprouts, hemp seeds, all the nutrients that we need, smoothies, wraps, nori wraps are a big deal. And we do not too, too much dried fruit, but I'll give Layla some snacks of like dried mangoes, apricots, things like that. Dates are a biggie for her too. She eats a lot of dates. Yeah. Yeah. Those are amazing. I love it. You have so much variety. I love this. And I feel like because we're getting to like the warmer weather and you're in South Carolina, you're in Charleston, you said, right? Charleston, Charleston, and I'm on the East coast. So we're getting to that warmer weather. And like you said, we're going to have like the abundance of all the seasonal delicious foods. I feel like even if someone isn't, they decide not to be completely raw. This will be like the perfect time of year to at least start experimenting yes. with more raw options. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I tell people all the time, like you don't have to, and I just want to put this out there. You don't have to be a hundred percent raw. That is what I, you know, choose to do just because, you know, I feel like it was a part of my life plan and I love it. And, you know, I feel amazing and I feel alive, but you don't have to be a hundred percent raw vegan to gain the benefits of incorporating, you know, raw foods. And I think, and then, you know, a lot of the time, you know, going back to what you were saying about, you know, people thinking it's a fad diet, I think it's a lot of the the term is called raw vegan. We don't have to, you know, use that term raw vegan. We can just say, hey, we're eating more fruit and vegetables and we're eliminating, you know, a lot, you know, we're eliminating a, a more dead food and things like that. It's Monique hopping in to tell you about one of my favorite brands of cookies and to let you know how you can save some money when you try them for yourself. Shout out to Maxine's Heavenly for sponsoring this episode of the show. I've told you about them before and I'm gonna keep talking about them because they make delicious gluten-free cookies that will satisfy any sweet tooth without a million ingredients. Maxine's Heavenly Cookies are naturally sweetened using ingredients like dates and coconut sugar. They have two lines of delicious cookies to choose from. From their super soft line of cookies, my favorites are the peanut butter chocolate chunk and snickerdoodle. And from their crispy line, I would say that my all-time favorite out of all the cookies has to be the chocolate chip. It's like the perfect ratio of chocolate chips and crunch. Ugh, my favorite. I think you'll love those. 
For a generous 25% discount, all you have to do is head over to MaxinesHeavenly.com and use the discount code BROWNVEGAN to save some money on your first purchase. Once again, that is MaxinesHeavenly.com, discount code BROWNVEGAN as one word. I'll also be sure to link them in the show notes for this episode, as well as the blog post to make it easy for you to click through and purchase. That's something that sounds obtainable. Because when you hear raw vegan, at least when I hear it, even as a vegan, yeah. Yeah, even as a vegan I, you know, I'm a vegan. I've been a vegan for 10 years. We actually probably started around the same. We did start around the same time. It's, I, like, I think it's been more like 11 for me. And even to me, I'm like, raw vegan, yikes. You know, that sounds scary. So I love the idea, that perspective of just, we're just going to eat more fruits and vegetables. We're just going to take care of ourselves better. So I love that. Exactly. Yeah. Speaking of your baby girl, she is five now. Time is like flying. Oh my goodness. So of course, at that point, you were about four or five years in when you had her. So she was born into this lifestyle. So I feel like that's an amazing advantage that you've given her to be able to give her so much amazing fruits and vegetables at such a young age. Has there been anything that you want to, is there anything that you actually want to share for other parents who want to get their kids to eat more fruits and vegetables? Right. I think my biggest thing is to have, you have to eat them as their parent so they can want it. And we all know as parents, like anytime you're eating something, your child's going to want to eat it too, right? Like you got to hide your own food or that, you know, they're going to want to eat it. So when they're young, let them see you eat that, you know, give it to them all of the time as well. They have to associate fruit and vegetables as food, because if you're giving them chicken nuggets every day and the things that in the standard American diet are considered kids food or children's food, that's what they're going to associate as food when they look at it. When Layla looks at, uh, even, you know, if she looks at something like that, she doesn't really, it doesn't register to her body, her brain, or her stomach as food. But if she sees like a watermelon, it does. Just because she's always seen me eat it, it's always around the house. I always give it to her, things like that. And even right now, like if they decide not to like it, still always put it on their plate because eventually, you know, they may try to decide to try it. That actually happened with Layla, you know, when she was two or three years old, she didn't like cucumbers, you know, because, you know, when her first year to her life, I gave her lots of fruit, lots of soft fruit, things like that, that before she had teeth. And then when she started getting teeth, I was like, all right, we're going to have some cucumbers, bell peppers. And she took to the bell peppers. Just great. She loves bell peppers. It's one of her favorite things to dip in tahini and just eat like chips and dip, but she wouldn't take to the cucumbers, but I would still put it on her plate, still chop it up, put it on there, put it on there. And I would eat it with her and I would, you know, she would see me eating it. So eventually she started eating and then realized that, you know, it is food. Mom's eating it. I'm eating it or I can try it. And then she eventually loved it. Now, cucumbers are one of her favorite things to eat as well. Yes, that's such good advice. I did that with my picky eater when he was smaller and because he would not eat anything. And I just kept exposing him, even if it would be a tablespoon at a time on his plate. And then eventually he started eating it. So, yes, I love that advice. Right. And just um, another thing that I have to say is keep fruit like at their level. Like I have a fruit cart or even if you have a counter where they can just see it ripening up all the time, they can smell it as it's ripening up. It will connect to all of their senses, sight, smell, all of that stuff. So just keep it out, let it be available so they can kind of reach for and say like, Hey, like I want an apple. Or even while if you're, you know, making their dinner and you're cooked vegan, or if you're eating the standard American diet, give them some fruit while they're waiting, while they're hungry. You never know, you know, what kids will you, you'll be surprised what kids will eat while they're hungry, while they're waiting on their dinner, you know? So that's mm-hmm. like a good time to try to incorporate more salads before their dinner or even some fruit, things like that. 
Yes, when they're hungry, you're so right. Yes, yes. Let me ask you this. What about a vegan pregnancy? I just thought about this. Being that you were raw vegan pregnancy at that, how was that for you? Oh, it was absolutely amazing. It was one of the most blissful times of my life. I didn't have any complications with her. I had an amazing pregnancy. I did have a little bit of morning sickness in the beginning, but that kind of leveled out. And I had an amazing pregnancy, amazing birth. I had a birth at a birth center, no drugs at all. It was completely natural birth. And tear, didn't do anything. It was, it was pretty blissful. You know, I won't completely, you know, say, you know, it didn't hurt or anything. It absolutely did hurt. It was labor. (laughs) But I didn't have any complication. I didn't tear. And it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. <laughs> I can't wait I to do I love that. I'm glad you had a good, it had to get, because I know for, because I've been pregnant too three times. So I know that when my pregnant, I wasn't a vegan during that time. And so I know that the pregnancy cravings are there. So what did you crave when you were pregnant? I ate a lot of like raw vegan taco salads. So I was doing like taco salads. I remember doing, I ate a lot of watermelon tons of watermelon at the time because, <laughs> because, you know, she was born in December. So I was like second trimester of summertime. So I was eating, I was going through watermelons. I did lots of coconut and coconut jelly. So I was doing lots of coconut water. I did a lot of dates because it's so good for pregnancy dates. I did lots of dates. And then at the time I did infusions, So herbal infusions, which are like, you know, herbs, like kind of like tea, but they're like steeped overnight. So I did lots of red raspberry leaf teas. I did lots of nettle teas and alfalfa leaf teas, I believe. So I did, I, those were things that I was just constant. Those were staples. Love it. Yeah. What is coconut jelly? That's what you said? Yeah. It's like coconut meat inside. I guess like in Jamaica, we call it the coconut jelly, but it's like the coconut, the meat inside of the coconut, like the soft meat inside of a young coconut. Young, young coconut. Yeah. I love those. And I, I, I love making ice cream out of that. Oh yeah. Those are yeah. so good. Yeah. Coconut jelly. I like that name better than just coconut <laughs> meat. <laughs> Yeah, okay. like, my dad kind of we just grew up calling it that so people are like what are you talking about i'm like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> what about food combination and digestion is there anything that we need to be aware of as we incorporate more raw foods into our diet yeah absolutely there's you know tons that i could talk about with take your time know, take your time go food ahead food combining and you know that's one of the topics that i love to talk about because i love you know studying the digestive system and things like that but when you're transitioning Really the most, the main thing that you really need to worry about is, you know, eating your fruit first on an empty stomach. Don't eat an avocado, you know, even though avocado is a fruit, but don't eat an avocado with a watermelon, things that don't like naturally combine, eat a, your high watery fruit on an empty stomach. Cause it's going to digest fast, fast, as fast, faster than anything else. So if you're eating like go back for like, or if you're eating like a pistachio and then you're like, Oh, Hey, I wanted some watermelon that watermelon is going to digest or it's going to want to digest faster than that pistachio nut. So it's going to kind of compete in the digestive system a little bit and it's going to cause fermentation of the watermelon. And you're just not going to get as much nutrients out of that watermelon or that pistachio. And it's going to cause a little bit of digestive upset. And then a lot of people come to me like, oh my goodness, I, you know, my stomach hurts so bad when I went raw or like, you know, I couldn't, you know, keep anything down. And it's really just because when you're incorporating so much more fruit than you're used to, it just has to be on an empty stomach. And that Mm -hmm. would be my advice. And if you're wanting to go a little bit more into food combinations, I do have a, a book about it. That's, you know, on my Instagram, it's in my bio there, but that's just the main thing. Eat your fruit first on an empty stomach. (laughs) I love that. Thank you for that. I feel like you've given us like a lot of tips on how to make this a lifestyle, but let's say for someone who is eating a standard American diet right now, what are some of the baby steps that they they can take 
to start and just incorporating more fruits and vegetables. We know as Americans, most of us do not get enough of that. So what are some of the little things that people can start to do now to just incorporate more fruits and vegetables overall into their lives? Right. So you can start juicing. You can start, you know, making smoothies and just say like, hey, two two or three times a week, I'm going to have a smoothie for breakfast instead of, you know, this biscuit or you know, three times a week, I'm just going to have fruit for breakfast instead of, you know, you know, whatever I'm usually having. And that's one of the ways I usually tell people who are literally, you know, in the depths of a standard American diet to just start transitioning, start with that first meal, because it's always going to be a little bit easier and just start and just have fruit. The rest of the day can be whatever you're usually used to, but just get into a habit. We're a culmination of our habits. So just get those small habits add up. So Mm -hmm. start with that small habit of just having fruit in the morning or a smoothie or even making a smoothie every day at some point, get into that habit and do that for three, four months and then move on to making a salad, you know, in the middle of the day. And then in three, four months, then say, Hey, I'm going to remove, you know, dairy and I'm going to, you know, just try something else, or I'm going to remove meat now. And I'm going to try and make my own walnut meat. And, you know, it's just got to be slow progress, but that first step incorporate more fruit on an empty stomach first thing in the morning to help you. Love kind of- it. And I always feel like when I start off really well like that, when, instead of having, like you said, having like a vegan biscuit or something like that in the morning, I notice that the rest of my day, I tend to make better decisions when I start off by eating well, you know? So I love that tip. So speaking of juicing, what juicer do you have? Because that thing looks fancy and fun. And when I see your <laughs> Layla making juices, I'm like, what is that? It's the Nama. It's the Nama J2. So it just came out last year, August, I believe. And it has been an absolute game changer in our, my kitchen for sure. Because like I said, over the last 10 years, I've used tons of juicer, the Green Star Elite. I've used, you know, Omegas. I've used Tribest. And those are like the top brands of, you know, the best juicers and Nama, you know, like, Hey, like try this juicer, but it's, it's absolutely amazing. It's self feeding feeder. So you're not actually feeding the produce into it one by one and you put it all in there, you turn it on, you can go away and you come back and you have juice. So it saves me a ton of time. So what I'll do is I'll, you know, put all the vegetables in it, run upstairs, maybe help a little with some school or something. And I come back and I'm ready to pour the juice out. So it's an amazing juicer, but it's a Nama J2. I ha- if you follow me on Instagram, the link is in my bio right there. And it's, it's, it's a game changer. And so many, so many of my friends and family have got it. They've absolutely fallen in love with it. And it was so much easier to make juicing a part of their lifestyle that way. Yeah, it does look like it would be. Can you give me an idea of how much that costs? Because now I'm thinking about it. Right now it's 500. So it's, it's, a, okay. it's a big investment, but you know, it's, it's super, it, it has a lot of quality to it and it'll be the only juice you You'll buy. Have it forever. That's yeah. wild because I've had this Breville juicer forever and I think I spent about 300 and something dollars for it. I do use it, but not as often because I'm thinking about like the process of all of the millions of parts. Does this one have right. a lot of parts to it? No, it has like three basic parts. So it has the chamber and then it has the strainer and then it has the auger to mm-hmm. it. And it's really pretty easy to clean. Like Layla puts it together, takes it apart, all that. It's okay. it's really easy. You rinse it off. Some people I know put it in the dishwasher. It's it's actually pretty simple once you get into the habit. Like we were talking about habits earlier, is yeah. getting, you know, just getting into the habit of doing it. You know, like I said, when we hop off of this, I'm gonna, you know, throw some greens that I got in the farmer's market in the juicer and you know, bam, you know, it's good to go for the day. But it's really easy. And, you know, like you're saying, the Brevels, I've used Brevels, you know, you know, early in my journey and they're good, but you know, they're, they have the centrifugal and, you know, they put a lot of air into it. So you have to 
juice daily to keep those nutrients in. Like we we're talking about nutrient density, but the namas and the omegas are like cold press. So you can like juice and then seal it up for three days and be good to go. So you can batch juice. Nice. I was going to ask you that. And that's why I don't really use the Breville as much because I have to drink all of that juice within 24 hours. Right. And so with your juice, you said you can, it's cold press so I can, okay, that alone is I'm sold. Okay, cool. That works. That works because I want to be able to batch and still sip on it and have something, start my mornings off with that. So I love it. What is your favorite at the the moment? What are you drinking the most when it comes to making your fresh juice? I know you mentioned greens, but what else is going in there? Yeah. So I really love juicing dandelion greens. I love pineapple and turmeric together. That's a good one for me. Pineapple, apple, ginger is a good one. Pineapple, apple, mint. I love pure celery by itself. I love, and I love cucumber juice first thing in the morning. It's so hydrating and it just gets everything going. So just pure cucumber, pure celery, dandelion, apple, pineapple, all those. <laughs> I, I like that. Cause you're yeah. using some of, a lot of that is affordable too. I like that. You're not, yeah. it's not something that we've never really seen in a store and then it's like right. five, $6 a pound kind of thing. So right. I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Very simple. Very simple. Okay. You got to talk about this too, because I always feel like when I see you, you're glowing, your skin looks amazing. Your hair looks like it's nice and shiny. So I feel like you're just the, a great spokesperson (laughs) and like you is how you look is a great representation of eating delicious food from the earth. So in other ways in your life, how has that looked as far as do you, what do you do as far as cosmetics, anything else you want to share about what your routine looks like? Because of course we know that your, your beauty is coming from the inside out because you're eating amazing, but what other things do you do as far as self-care and just taking care of yourself overall that you think contributes to how you show up in the world? Oh, that's such a great question. And I get asked that a lot, but it's really, really just, you know, I'm really, really simple with my routines. I use shea butter and coconut oil. I'll whip it in the Vitamix and I'll use that as a moisturizer. I just, I use plain Castile soap, you know, for us, you know, to, you know, when we take baths and showers and that's really, really, that's really basically it. I don't do anything, you know, super extensive or crazy. I'll do some masks. I'll do, oh my goodness, I'm trying to figure out what it's called. The... The one that you find in Whole Foods, but it's like the, the clay mask. I'll do that here and there, but that's- Oh, I don't check them out. Yeah, yeah. The one that's like in the white, it has yeah. like the pyramid on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a good one. That's yeah, a good that. one. Yeah, so I'll use that. I'll mix it with a little apple cider vinegar, you know, a couple times a month. And, you know, me and Leigh will have our little mommy daughter little mask baits and we'll put those <laughs> on. And, you know, I do exfoliate. So I'll make, I'll exfoliate in the shower and my basic moisturizer coconut oil and shea butter. And I'll put them on my body you know, after I take a shower, but that's really it. It's really, really simple. Yeah. But simple is good. Simple is good. Simple is manageable. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) I kind of want to switch gears a little bit because I want to talk about you starting your own juice bar. I want to talk about gym juice. What made you decide to share this amazing gift of raw juices? I know you do sea moss. You do a whole bunch of amazing shots and things like that for people as they work out. So tell us about like behind the scenes of getting that going. It was like a dream of mine when I first started actually going vegan and raw vegan, you know, all those years ago, I was like, wow, like there's nothing here in my hometown like this. And, you know, as my journey progressed, I would have so many people in my community come to me and they'd be like, well, where can we get your juices? Where can we get your smoothies? Can I buy something from you? And I was like, okay, like I need to start something. So 
actually in my gym that I work out in, there is a space for, you know, like a, like a juice bar. And so it was empty and the, you know, they kind of came to me and they're like, Hey, like, do you want to do like a little juice bar, smoothie bar? And that's how gym juice was kind of created. And I was like, yeah, this will be a win-win situation. And you know, they'll, um, you know, so we just kind of started with that and I, you, you know, started doing juices and smoothies and, you know, everyone in the, my hometown just absolutely loved it. So we just started from there and we're growing and now we do deliveries. So anywhere locally, Charleston, we're delivering, you know, fresh juices. There's no delivery service here like that. There's wow. actually there's a couple of juice bars, but they're not really fresh, I would say. So, you know, we're juicing. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? Fresh in our kitchen. <laughs> and, you know, they're not, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is like, they'll use like a, juicer and then that'll they'll stay like you know for like four or five days or they're using like centrifugal juicers and you know you're just not getting as much nutrients or you know they're not really juicing with a lot of organic things like that so we you know we try to do our best to you know do about 95 percent organic at gym juice and you know we're delivering so for people who can't make it to the juice bar or for people who can't make it to a juice bar like here in charleston like you have a place or a city, you know, around here called Mount Pleasant. And it's a lot farther than the city, like in Somerville. So people in, you know, lower income communities can't really drive that far. So I wanted to be able to bring help to the people. So that's why we deliver and and things like that. So it's just just a dream of mine. That's, that's coming true. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure that keeps you pretty busy too. So that's great. I love it. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. So if people want to go visit the location, give us the address and also let us know how we can follow you on Instagram and anything else that you want to promote in this episode. Gotcha. So the juice bar, actually, we're doing a little bit of renovations right now, but you can find us at info at gymjuice.com if you want to order some juices right there. We're doing delivery only like currently for like the next month or so. And you can find me on Instagram at instagram.com slash Ron Radiant. That's R-A-W-A-N-D-R-A-D-I-A-N-T. <laughs> yes. Do you want to promote like, besides, I know you said you have the food combination ebook that you, that you want to let us know about and anything else that you want to let us know about as well. Cause I know you have several ebooks, right? Right. Yeah. So I have my, my most popular ebook is the 21 day radiant cleanse. And I wrote that in 2014. So I was like two years into, you know, the diet and I, you know, wrote the book, you know, it's pretty much a step-by-step of how to eat raw and what to eat for 21 days. That's one of my most popular ones that is in the link in my bio on Instagram. I also have a food combining book. I have a raw for kids book that I explained my whole entire raw vegan pregnancy, how I fed Layla from, you know, age, you know, one to five that's in there as well. And I have group coaching available. I have personal coaching available. All of that is available um, on Instagram, or you can email me at ronradiant360 at gmail.com. Sounds good. Well, keep shining, Ashley. Thank you so, so much for being on the show. It's so nice to finally like connect with you in this way. And I just really look forward to continuing to see your journey on Instagram. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Monique. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts to make it easy for others to find us. Also, tell a friend. Be sure to share the episode on your Instagram stories and tag Brown Vegan. Thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you next week. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. 
everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.